Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of Marvelicious Toys, our Sentinel Review. It's been a minute since we recorded this episode, which we actually did late 2021. But the Sentinel is a big boy, and it took us a while to put the video together to accompany this review. So a few of the references you hear in this episode might be a little bit dated. We've had our Sentinels now for quite a while, not just a few weeks. And as far as we know, everybody has gotten their Sentinels now. We're looking forward to Galactus. But having gotten a chance to spend a lot of time with the Sentinels, the thoughts we present in this episode are still how we feel about the biggest Marvel Legends figure to ever make it in our collection. We think the Sentinel is too big a milestone to not Go ahead and publish this review. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back in a couple weeks with an already recorded, all new, much more recently recorded Marvelicious Toys. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Marvelicious Toys Podcast, hosted by the astonishing Arnie, the mighty Marjorie and Captain Justin. Nah, just Justin. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more, because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages, and much more. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Hello and welcome to Marvelicious Toys. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. And this is Justin. And welcome back to Marvelicious Toys. We're going to be talking about the Sentinel today and just about only the Sentinel today. But let's let's take a look at these things. I haven't even opened mine yet. Let's unbox them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Justin, I see you've got yours out and ready. I have left mine in the package so far. And just for a size comparison, I pulled out a, a handful of Sentinels here. The front one is the uh, Toy Biz Sentinel there. Behind it, the San Diego Comic-Con Sentinel, which I still love that box. I still love the fact that it's carded. So which art do you like better, the San Diego Comic-Con art or the new Sentinel box art? Because... I love the new Sentinel box art. It is absolutely gorgeous. But having broken out the Comic-Con one, I'm a little partial to Joe Quesada's art. Yeah, seeing them side by side like that, I think I think I'm I'm a little more partial to the to the old one as well. It's got a, it's got a little more, I don't want to say vibrance. It just it feels like it pops more. It feels like it's more alive. But that's not to say I don't like the current box art. It is by current House of X artist Pepe Larraz. And it's this wraparound box art that is absolutely gorgeous with multiple Sentinels on it and a ton of X-Men. It's really active. It's really vibrant. It would make a wonderful poster. I kind of hope they release this as just some high-res art you could have as a desktop wallpaper on your computer or your phone or something. It, I mean, it truly is just in a side-by-side -side comparison where like, I would pick the old school one because when we're looking at just this one now, yeah, you're right. It's it's gorgeous. And it's huge. If you don't get it from the scales that I've given you. That is not a three and three quarter inch figure. That is the new six inch Tigra. Yeah. And she is tiny compared to the massive, 
massive box that came with the Sentinel in it. But you've got yours open. Let's open up ours. Let's do an unboxing here. Ooh, Marvelicious Toys live unboxing. Slice away. I can't remember if there was wafer seals on both the top and the bottom or if you can just cut the top and then. I mean, this would be a lot less pressure if you had one of your other ones. Well, I've got five more coming, so feel free to trash you, it. Do you, are you sure, though? I mean, what if the boat sank? <laughs> that happens, you know? Container ships sink. Also pirates. I look forward to the pirates of the Sentinels. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, don't throw out your back. That thing's got to weigh like 35 pounds. You saying I'm a weakling, Justin? <laughs> Oh, we've got instructions here. I'll let you read them as well as the warning. You see if you need to call your mom for permission. It looks like the instructions are all about battery insertion. Mm-hmm. All right, let me turn this up. So this, this right away answered a few questions that I had. And remember when, before we knew how they were coming, we were wondering if they would get individually carded figures or if they would just be packed in. Well, it's obvious they're just packed in. That's a little disappointing to me. I feel like since the odds are, unless these figures never, ever come out any other way, I would have liked some special packaging so I could keep a couple in box. Yeah, especially with how many retro carded figures we've been getting lately. It would have been cool to get these on on those retro carded figures. Like we just saw the Tigra for a comparison. Now, looking at the packaging here, though, I love the way they've put the three heads. The two tentacles are nice and huge. Those tentacles remind me of something, but I can't. Oh, they remind me of Stiltman legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, are they? Oh, Okay, they're not, but they look very much like stiltman legs. I don't know if I can hang on. Yeah, no, these are these are bendums. The stiltman legs were not bendums. These are actually wired on the inside, rubbery on the outside. But you understand why they remind me of stiltman legs, right? I mean, you have oh yeah, I mean, right at your feet, right? Segmented silver. Yeah, I think I have stiltman legs in every room of our house right now. <laughs> so these are stiltman legs. Oh well, yeah. These have more definitely bridges. comparable. Better silver on the tentacles. And you said they're bendy? Yep. If you look at my I camera, I've got one coiled. So then we've got the figures down there. And what is that right above the figures? I... That is the damaged hand. Ah. It literally can't give you the finger. No, it can't. <laughs> but just to give you a it's pretty big. I mean, I don't have ginormous hands or anything, obviously, but if you're only if you're only getting one Sentinel, I don't know how many people are going to choose to do the battle damaged version. But, you know, if you're getting a couple and you have one that's battle damaged, one that's clean, one that's master mold, blah, blah, blah. Awesome diorama piece, right? You got a damaged Sentinel hand to lay on the ground <laughs> next to him. I love this guy. He kind of looks like uh, like he should be in the Lost Boys. If you just put like an 80s biker jacket on him or something. <laughs> Doesn't he? Looks like Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. So yeah, that's you've got Prime Sentinel and then the female Prime Sentinel. There's some heft to this head. And which one do you have on yours, Justin? I can't tell from afar. He has the, he has the one that's on there. Oh, the one that's on there. Okay, so this yeah. is one of them that came. This is pretty heavy. I would say it's probably half pound, a pound, maybe. So that's the master mold head. 
Yep. Let's see the battle damage, Ted. I like that one best, I think. See another great diorama piece. You know, you can just have that laying down next to a Wolverine or something. And the third head is Tri-Sentinel. Yep. Three different faces on him. Does he turn? Oh, I see. All right. Let's get the big boy out of the box. What's weird is this is so large. In my mind, I'm like trying to treat it very carefully like it's a sideshow. Yeah. I mean, it's not as fragile as a statue, but. Right. But, you know, when you unpack like a sideshow, I mean, like it's like you're handling like nitroglycerin or something and you're like super cautious (laughs) and everything. And this has the weight and heft of something like that as well. Because we've recently moved, my Sideshow Sentinel is in storage, but this is about the same height, if not slightly bigger than my Sideshow. So I, too, was thinking of it as a statue for a little bit here. Well, also with the the styrofoam, you know, custom molded shipping thing there, that very much is a higher end way of packaging stuff. And the paper. The paper does it, too. I'll be honest. This came better packed and will be easier to repack if you had to repack it than a sideshow statue because there are clear defined spaces for the heads and figures whereas sideshow it just looks like a box with holes in it and you got to figure it out well that's also because this comes in one piece but i have to say with the styrofoam in the corner with it like that it looks like it's a giant deadpool and it had a couple of katana handles coming out of it (laughs) (laughs) so Marjorie, that tissue paper, did it come off real easy? There was no issues with it sticking to undried no. paint? What's weird is nothing. Did your stick? No, but I have, seen, I have seen people reporting it. So it is something to keep in mind as you unpack yours. It's wax paper. So that would be why. It's, it is a little tacky, but it's definitely not the usual um, tissue paper you get with like a sideshow or something like that. Now, this didn't come with AA batteries, did it? No, you, you have to provide your own. And I believe so it's you, AAA, if I remember. So you spend how in the buy your own damn batteries? Yeah, and I believe you're going to need like a flathead screwdriver or something to pop that back panel off. Looks like Phillips to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, to unscrew the, the battery thing, but to get the back panel off, you need to pry it a little bit. Oh, so we can see this guy's a lot bigger than his little brother, the Toy Biz Sentinel. Remember when the Toy Biz Sentinel was considered like the biggest toy you could ever get? <laughs> biggest articulated toy anyway i mean, I mean they've always made those like big ridiculous shampoo bottle figures but like yeah as far as like detail and articulation goes that was it that was the gold standard for quite a while and this is almost double the height yeah comes right up to his cod piece there <laughs> and both came with two tentacles remember it was a big thing during the campaign for this sentinel how come you're only giving us one tentacle? Make a stretch goal, a second tentacle. And finally, the Hasbro guys were like, we didn't think it was that big a deal. You want another tentacle? We're just going to throw in another tentacle. Here, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so for the batteries on this one, you lift a back compartment off, right? Like, Yep, that whole thing pops off. Oh, Marjorie's able to do it a little easier than me. I had to use a flathead screwdriver to get it going. This one actually came off easy. I just did one corner at a time and it seemed to work. Okay, then what you're talking about to get the batteries in, he's got a screw right here. So if you didn't see, it was this. I got one end in there already. It goes back in pretty easily. And then a little screw there. Yeah, it's like baby weight. Yeah, I don't have kids, Justin. How does this compare? Make sure that's on my head. 
about as about as unwieldy as trying to pick up a toddler that doesn't want to be picked up. I'll say that. If you ever tried to pick up a kid that you know doesn't. No, want to I've go never somewhere. tried to pick up a kid. <laughs> well, as soon as your arm's better and you pick this guy up, you, you'll have some idea of what it's like. Just a bit too small. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those where I think the screw is made to stay in the piece. Mm-hmm. It's in there, though. Did you need a flathead to remove this compartment? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I, I think it. I might I have pried it a little bit. There you go. Okay. There's two batteries. Go right there. Does he have an on switch? Nope. So like me, he's just always on? <laughs> Nope, but if you want to turn them on, you got to push the right button. Marjorie figured it out. Ooh, push it again, it changes colors. Oh, I like that mode. So yeah, you you push it and then like it'll it'll pick a color and kind of glow bright and then settle into that color and then it just kind of turns off. I think the whole thing's about 30 seconds. But if you press it and hold it, it does something different and it kind of runs through the colors. Uh, it looks really cool in the dark. <laughs> Let me let's do it again once with some dim light. There, try that. Does it talk or just flash? Nope, just just lights. There's no sounds. It glows green for all the money they took from me. All right, let's turn the lights back on. One thing that I wish that we would have got with this, especially considering the price tag, is, you know, LED lights are becoming more and more prevalent. And everyone you buy comes with a little remote or an app that you can use. Like, I would have liked an app on this where I could set how long I want the lights to be on, what color I want it to glow, you know, if I want it to flash or something. But here, I just don't feel like I have much control over it. It's like you push that button and it's on for 30 seconds and it's a random color. I don't know. I mean, it, it looks cool, but like if I had a diorama and I wanted to show it off, like, am I going to reach over a whole bunch of figures, hope not to knock it over just to push that button? You make a good point, especially since if they can include Bluetooth and an app for that Deadpool head, they should be able to do it for this. Mm-hmm. So we've seen the comparison with the Toy Biz one on, on my camera feed. I have the the Hasbro one, and it's just a little bit taller than that Toy Biz one. That's the one that had both lights and sounds. Oh, you got the head off. I did. So it takes a little <laughs> wiggling, um, and I had to do side by side, but that's what's underneath. That looks like it's really ridiculous, like an alien, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> Which then makes me think, okay, so I think getting to this would be a little harder but I do think you'd be able to get to this. Yeah, because there's screws in there. And you probably could put a remote control something in the light, in the head. Yeah, I mean, the little RF adapters are, you know, I had, to, I had to replace one for a string of lights that I got. And it's really just a small component. It could have been anywhere in the body of that thing. Okay, now I'm going to try to put your head on. So, yeah, I see, Justin, on yours where they scale pretty well. But where I think this really will come in handy is with the master mold head. Because if you make this master mold... And then you grab the Toy Biz one or the Hasbro one and put them in front. Now you've got Master Mold with his Sentinel Army. Oop, he, oop, oh. Ooh. All right. So his waist articulation, is it, is, is, is it loose? loose? Is that where, is it? Yep. His ab crunch is problematic. Oh. How's your ab crunch? Doesn't look like it's as wobbly as yours. Like it, it does want to stay. That's the first time I've put master mold on mine. I hadn't taken the head off before. 
I can tell this ab crunch is going to be a real problem for me. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with a way to. But Justin's isn't like this. So maybe this becomes my downed battle damage one in the diorama. And <laughs> yeah. I hope the next one stands better. His eyes are better, I think, on this head, don't you? Yeah, Master Mold has some decent eyes here. Like they're bigger and more prominent. Uh, yeah, because the way the eyes work is basically they're just plastic beads essentially in those eyes and then they're cut out in the in the inside of the head so that like as you saw with the head off it's just a big almost like a light bulb you know <laughs> okay so the battle damage one does not have light up eyes oh yes it um, has a light one. up eye yep one. yeah put on the triple head i want to see if all three heads light up at once all right so no they do not light up all at the same time no, because this is in the front. Okay, I didn't know if it was just a global batter. Oh, bulb. no, see the back is silver. Oh, there's like a sweet spot where once you get the head turned far enough to a point with that tri-sentinel head, both eyes will light up. But then as you turn it, one goes away. Okay, so turn it on and let's see. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. I'm disappointed that his mouth doesn't light up a little bit. Yeah, I also realized... As I'm turning the, the tri-sentinel head, I think I'm more turning the neck than I am just the head. But the neck has that bulb on it and the bulb doesn't move. Or are you saying because nope. the, the heads whole... themselves don't have a neck? Oh, okay. So the neck. All right. So the neck does pivot without a head on it. But it only goes about three quarters of the way one way. Okay. So that way you can have him looking sideways and still have the eyes light up. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess it's only an issue if you're trying to do the, the tri-sentinel head. But I suppose on that one, it's, you know, put it on which one you want facing forward and make sure it's lined up. I'm going to try the battle damage head, which seems really small now that I've been messing with the other ones. And there go the knees, folks. How are your knees, Justin? They're not floppy, but I I don't have a ton of confidence in them. So I have yet to like place him on a high shelf or anything like that. He's basically been living living standing on a carpeted floor. That way, if he takes a nosedive, it's just going to be a, a nice padded fall. I'm not going to put the tentacles in because I'm afraid that I'll knock him over and I got him standing. Well, shoot, I knocked over the Lost Boys. Part of it, too, is, is it's, I mean, just like any figure, I mean, it being so big, you got to kind of find that center of gravity. You know, you kind of got to get it all set up so it's like standing on its own rather than, you know, leaning to one side or the other. You know, the tentacles work well as like a pointing device, too, if you want to point out features. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're caressing its head. <laughs> I will say this. The Legends figures that come with them, comic accurate, but kind of blah in their Borg light bodysuits. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I was, I was a little surprised that these aren't just straight up, you know, new heads on, on a basic buck. I mean, if you look at the, the Prime Sentinel the on his torso, those three little gold bars, those are actually sculpted in there, as well as like the V shape and the... The arc reactor area, that's all that's all sculpted and his neck has a nice cybernetic type of thing. So there's there's newness here. It's not just a new head popped on a basic buck. I noticed that 
the female has new sculpting on the upper torso, the chest area there with the purple sentinel area, but the rest just looks like Firestar to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is minimal, but you know, it's, it's more than I thought we were going to get out of these figures, to be honest with you, because I mean, we've seen in the past, some of these comic figures are just all paint apps over a basic buck, but these, these have some new sculpting to them. So kudos there. I will say for anyone who only got one, you're going to be a little frustrated, aren't you? That you can't display this head and the other head together with anything. True. But I, I can always paint the, I can always paint a black buck and pop that head on it. <laughs> Good luck sculpting the arc reactor type thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, that- all right. Is this the first Marvel Legends figure? And I mean, it may not be. And I may be asking too trivial a question. This may be for Marvel Legends Trivial Pursuits. But is this the first Marvel Legends figure of the Hasbro era to have articulated fingers? Ooh, yeah, might be. They're not just articulated. They're, they're very articulated. And what we're seeing here, we're going to see a lot of with Galactus. Because remember from when we were discussing the Galactus, they have the same number of points of articulation in the hands and in the body and things. I think it was 70 points of articulation on the figure with 40 of them being in the hand. Yeah, they're articulated just like a human hand. I mean, you've got you've got each point of the finger that can be articulated and the thumb even has some rotation to it. So you can move the thumb in or out. How old is this Sentinel if it was a child, Justin? You have kids. <laughs> in in the, the still calling it by months range, you know, like the he's 14 months, he's 17 months. Just needs a bigger head and it is a straight up toddler. Master mold head? Even bigger than that. Toddlers are just big old heads on toothpick bodies, man. Oranges on toothpicks, Ernie. <laughs> I know everybody always wants to do the flip off fingers, but. Already did it. You missed it. Uh, I think the bigger question is, can you do the made you look okay symbol? I will say the finger articulation is super cool. Yeah, you can get them to hold a standard Marvel legend. You got to bend that or something. <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> <laughs> Watch us try to make Sentinel stand. There's definitely a lot of posability here, but because of that center of gravity, you can't use it all. Unless you're going to make a giant figure stand, there's going to be a lot of poses you can put them in that you'll never be able to keep them in. Yeah. And this isn't one of those things where, you know, a little bit of poster tack under the feet is going (laughs) to going to help out much. No, you're going to need like all the poster tacks, like a (laughs) size full to keep them. And actually that's probably not going to work because we'll just take the shelf with him because he's so heavy. I I kind of feel like you'd almost need like some kind of way to like back brace him or something. So his, top doesn't fall over i will say this it doesn't feel like brittle plastic so i mean if he were to fall off of a shelf i don't know that i would be worried about it cracking and breaking so much as scuffing or breaking something else i did just drop the master mold head from about three feet and he was fine arnie was worried but he was absolutely fine it was on the carpet but it hit the table first and it was still fine yeah I, I, it feels like it's, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it feels brittle. 
I think it's just got enough of the rubbery feel to it to make it a little bit more solid. I'd just be worried about what he'd take out with him if he fell over. Right. Or fall on a child or something. You know how like dressers and TVs fall on kids. So, I mean, sculpting and paint app wise, though, it's very clean. Like the sculpting is on point. There's so much detail in every nook and cranny of this thing. And the paint apps, at least on mine, are nice and clean. I'm not seeing any oversprays or any sloppy paint apps or anything. So the, the parts that, you know, aren't necessarily hard to see engineering problems, I feel like they really nailed. I agree. I don't see any paint problems on mine. I just see a nice sheen to the paint. It's shiny without being metalized or, you know, it's pseudo metallic. It's plastic metallic. The heads all have very sharp paint on the mouthpieces, the battle damage. There doesn't seem to be any splotchiness or painting outside the lines. You know, that was a huge problem. Let's go back to big time Spider-Man circa 2013. I think it was. There's nothing (laughs) like that. Or or that Venom where I had to look through every single one at Walgreens. Or no, it was Agent Venom. Agent Venom. Yeah. Okay, but I'd also like to point out. Much larger item. It's like asking someone to paint a dollhouse perfectly and then ask them to paint a full-size house perfectly. Which one's easier? The full-size house. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a bigger figure, so you can... I, I'm not saying that they can't paint. I mean, the Hasbro paint apps have tremendously improved since a few years ago, but this is going to be easier to paint because it is larger. Like when you color in a coloring book, the bigger pieces are easier to do. It's why orthopedic surgery is easier than neurosurgery. Yes. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I, I mean, there aren't a whole hell of a lot of paint apps going on here. I mean, if looking at the Sentinel himself, I mean, a lot of it is just molded in that color of plastic, you know, or a solid panel that was painted to be a color. But like, as far as like individual paint apps, I'm only really seeing like the wires in the midsection, which are things that are probably painted on. Yeah, you're right. I think maybe some of the metal parts in the legs and things, but by and large, this is molded in a color and the paint apps are relegated to the heads. So overall, Justin, given that it is a $350 figure we had to wait, you know, 14 months for, or in the case of many people, 15 months, maybe 16 months for, what do you rank the Sentinel? Ah. <laughs> uh. It, it's tough because I really do love it. I love the way it looks. I think they nailed it on on the sculpt, the paint, like we were just talking about. But I mean, we have to be honest. There are a few hiccups on this, you know, like having it be wobbly and not having having the confidence to just pop this on a shelf with other figures and know that when you wake up in the morning, it's not going to have wiped out half your collection. Uh, that's got to be a consideration. That's got to be something that Hasbro takes into consideration looking at making the Galactus, you know? And uh, is that enough for me to ding it and say, I wish I never got it? Hell no. I love this thing. And I've been pretty lucky with mine. I feel like I've seen worse examples. I feel like just looking at yours looks like it might be a little looser in a few joints than I'm used to with mine. So I can't ding my personal one as much as I might ding yours. Room for improvement. And if they were to do it again, there's definitely points that they need to address. I think this figure looks amazing. I love the paint on it. I love that it just has enough of the iridescence. 
like just to give you a hint of it, but it's not overdone. You could actually get some, I know Krylon makes some iridescent paint that's clearish that you could probably do in key places, you know, a lot of good taping and stuff and make it more if you wanted. That's the beautiful thing about this is if you wanted to customize a $350 figure, you could, it would be easier because it is a larger item, but you could really do some cool things with this. I think the fact that we got, I guess, technically what, seven heads, kind of? Yeah, six heads? four heads. Well, the three heads is one character. Yeah, so. okay. So you got four heads. The battle damage hand is nice. And the battle damage face, I think that's good. Again, if you are the kind of person who wants to tear this up and it's $350, you could make a battle damage one with and glue in some wires and stuff. I think that'd be kind of cool. I'm not encouraging you to do that. I think it's major flaw. And I think it's just because of, like Justin said earlier, it's a big figure and there's a different center of gravity. But I think compensating for that, I think it could have been better. Like if they added that to the design feature, maybe they did. And maybe just there's like a few are different. Like I know some of people have posted they have the bad knees that don't stay up. Our waist is kind of bad. So I guess either one, I'd rather have a bad finger joint or an <laughs> elbow. But I think you're going to have to be careful with these because they are bigger and because they do seem to have a little bit of loose joints and spots. But I don't think that would necessarily make it a horrible figure. It's not like you can go out and buy it. So I'm going to say, if you got it, I think you're going to love it. If you see them secondary market and you passed on it, you might want to pick it up. It's it's a nice figure. And I think it's a perfect reason why you need to jump on the Haslabs when you can. So I say yes. I like this figure. And where I really like this figure is with other figures. In isolation, the Sentinel is okay, but like I, we were comparing it upon unboxing to the Sideshow one. And the Sideshow one, you can just display and be done and you don't need anything else. And here, I feel like as a solo piece, and it took you to point out why, Justin, but because there's no wash to him, right? There's no battle damage. There's no, it's sculpted in plastic and it's got a few painted pieces here or there, wires and whatnot. But visually, it looks great for a figure, not great for a statue. And at $350, you could buy a sideshow statue instead of this. It becomes then, what kind of a collector are you? I know, Justin, you're not a statue guy. You just don't enjoy things you can't pose if they come pre-posed. Whereas I like statues because... They pose statues better than I can. But when you start putting him with figures and get a bunch of X-Men around him and recreate some of the stuff on that beautiful box, now it's suddenly really awesome. I am worried about his ability to stand and the fact that I've heard so many questions about loose knees. He's standing well now that we've got his abs aligned with gravity, but I wish I could do more dynamic poses without him falling face first. I'm really glad I have him in my collection. I definitely think that he is worth the 350 that HasLab charged for him. I would probably be pretty mad if I paid $1,000 for this and then I got him and his waist kept flopping around like a fish. Yeah. I just hope that there's lessons learned from this when they build Galactus and that they don't repeat some of these mistakes with the inability to stand. Yeah. That's that. I think you're echoing what, what my thoughts are too. And that's, 
you know, and I've seen people posting online, like they feel like they have the solutions, like talking about, oh, they should do ratchet knees and stuff like that. It's like, well, there's a reason they didn't. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. And I don't think it necessarily was, you know, cheaply cutting corners or anything. I think they have at this size and this scale, there's some engineering lessons to be learned. You know, this is this is the first time we've seen an articulated figure at this size and weight. And yeah, we are kind of guinea pigs here. We it is the reason why it is a crowdfunded thing. And I mean, it could have been a much bigger disaster. I'll say that. And at three hundred fifty dollars, I don't feel like I was taken for a ride. I don't feel ripped off. I don't feel like this is useless garbage. I think it's awesome. And I'll eventually learn where I can trust it. If I need to be leaning up against a wall in my collection, then so be it. But at the end of the day, they have to be taking these lessons, like you said, and applying them to Galactus for this time next year. But it's still a great toy. If I was a child and I mean, this is would be a total dream come true. I can't wait to get a diorama out with some of these though. And I do plan on honestly, the reason I got so many is so I could take one and customize them a little bit and give him a bit of a wash so that he had more battle damage than just one hand missing some fingers in the head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Such a good point though, Arnie. Like as as an adult and as a collector, that's our grades. If if I'm a nine or ten year old and this is my Christmas gift and this is the new USS flag or whatever from our childhood, I am over the moon. This is a this is a 15 on a scale of one to ten for 10 year old Justin. You want to you want me to give him a 15? Take this Toy Biz one. Look at all the wash on him, all the dirt, all the battle damage. Take that one. The fact that he can stand with almost no trouble and blow him up to the other size. That's a 15. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, look at the paint on the old Toy Biz one and then look at the new one. Yeah, Toy Biz Biz definitely was known for going overboard with the the paint apps and it it is one thing that i you know i've gone back and forth over over the years and at the end of the day i just i leave it as it was a different style it was a different time and personally i'm glad that hasbro isn't going crazy with overwashes these days i think they're getting it dialed in with the the paint apps now and i honestly i i like my sentinel kind of clean i kind of like looking i like him looking like he just rolled off the showroom floor and if it ever strikes me that I want them dirty, I, I can do that. I, I got black paint and an old wash rag. <laughs> you know, it, he does look exactly like he stepped off the screen of the animated series with the bright colors and the no wash. He looks almost cell shaded. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is a different aesthetic. And if I'm being honest, they did overwash the Toy Biz Sentinel. Like halfway in between would be my dream. and you can't unwash a washed action figure so keep that in mind (laughs) but again it's a great figure i just it has its flaws i'm really happy they did it and i'm more excited still for galactus yeah especially with the center of gravity issues and galactus having that much bigger head and i'm assuming a much weightier head it's got to be things that they're, they're trying to hammer out right now. So that's it for the Sentinel. Venom came out and we've all seen it. Guys, what did you think? <laughs> first, the first half hour of this movie, I'm sitting here going like, oh, that's right. I didn't really like the 
first movie that much. <laughs> and now I'm remembering why. But I gotta I gotta give it to him. It kicks in. Like once you get into the like adolescent mindset of the movie and you start to figure out that like none of this is to be taken seriously, it, it can be a fun ride. And to be honest with you, I enjoyed this more than the first one. Having just Carnage as the guy we're going up against and having Woody in there. I think it's way more watchable than the first one. So I, I, I had fun with it. I didn't care for the first one either, Justin. So <laughs> all of those reviews that said it was a turd in the wind, I'm like, yeah, sounds about right. Never heard that phrase. I guess they made it a thing. I don't think Tom Hardy's super great. I think he gets by and maybe some people just think he's kind of attractive or like really attractive. He has angles. There's parts where it's like you're looking at him like, who is that? And it's like, oh, that's Tom Hardy. How weird is that? But like, there's a few shots. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's a handsome guy. Oh, yeah, because Arnie was watching some movie and I'm like, who's that? He goes, it's Tom Hardy. I'm like, oh, is it? It was the one in the car, Arnie, where he was just talking to someone and it was really boring. But I mean, I laughed hysterically at Woody Harrelson because they just couldn't decide on a wig throughout that movie. A little disturbed that they literally have a reference point of Woody Harrelson in many things in 1996. And that's the best they could do as far as putting somebody in there to look like Woody Harrelson in 1996. I mean, you know. (laughs) Come on. We've recorded the now playing podcast review for it. And Jacob pointed out that we're supposed to believe Woody Harrelson was a teenager in 1996. And I got thinking about it just now when Marjorie said there was reference material. I think he made Indecent Proposal in 1996 (laughs) and Kingpin in 1996. Yeah, Kingpin. So, yeah. Yeah, but he's always been prematurely bald, like even on Cheers, where I think most people know him from originally. He was he was bald and looked I mean, he's always kind of baby faced too, but like he's always come off as a middle aged guy. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, so the rest of the movie, I don't know. I guess that's not how I thought Carnage would look in like not real life, but real movie life, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, obviously, I know what Carnage looks like, but like the mechanics of it and how it appeared. The end fight, definitely Shang-Chi had them there with the better catwalk scaffolding fight there. Kicked their butt on that. The one thing that stood out was, and I I don't know why they're not using this for more imagery or anything, carnage against that stained glass window in the church when he like jumps up and he spreads his arms out. I mean, that was a really neat visual. And I can say that's probably the only neat visual in the entire movie, but they should have used that on, I don't know, art for something. It was really striking, I thought. But other than that, eh. I don't know that I go see it again. I don't know that I turn it on when I was like vacuuming or something. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel about it, too. It's I mean, it feels like a Batman 88, <gasps> yes! 89 era type of film. Arnie, I said that I told you it felt like a DC movie. I said it <laughs> felt like a throwback to Ghost Rider and movies of that type that they don't seem to make much anymore. <laughs> yeah, the movie was made almost like a made-for-TV type of movie production then, because it just <laughs> felt like everything was on sets, and I don't know, it, it had a, it had a really weird paint-by-numbers type of production quality to it. It was only a hundred and ten million dollars, and you may be like, only, but for a superhero movie, that is damn cheap. Yeah. All right, let's talk a couple of spoilers. So if you haven't seen Venom yet, hop out of the show now, our show, and come back after you've seen Venom. And I'm going to start with a really mild spoiler. Now, I had to look him up because I had no idea who this cop Mulligan was. But apparently in the comics, and I just haven't read these issues, Mulligan is toxic. Oh, all right. And we kind of leave him with, you know, we kind of leave it. So it's like he has a beef 
you know? So <laughs> we, we could be seeing let there be toxin in a year or two. And he had those weird eyes going on. I don't know exactly what happened to him. I saw this movie twice and even both times. I'm like, I know he was kidnapped and he was injured a little bit. He was smacked around, but I don't know what gave him those eyes other than I know Shriek tried to blind him in the eyes because he shot her in one eye. But Mm. I'm wondering, will he get a symbiote all of his own? Does he currently have a symbiote? Did Carnage have a baby at the very end that clings on to Mulligan? I don't know, but that is Toxin. And I know that's one of your favorite toys, Justin. Yeah, I mean, more than I liked the comic books that they were based on, because they did start getting cheesy and corny and stuff like that. I've just always had a thing for the cooler, advanced symbiotes, you know? It's like, we had Venom for a long time, and then, like, they, you know, they're kind of doing with the movies. Like, there's like, well, Venom's not enough. Let's do Carnage and all that stuff. So it's just, I kind of like the way they one-up, you know, each time. They get bigger, stronger, beefier. Just from a, a look standpoint, I think these next symbiotes are cool looking. But, I mean, I feel like they kind of blew through some of that in that first movie without giving some of these guys names. It was just like, hey, here's a bunch of crazy different ones. That's kind of why I like this one a little bit more. It's like we focused on just carnage rather than five or six and didn't know what was going on on screen. But let's talk the big spoiler here. The mid credit scene. This is perhaps the lamest crossover with the MCU ever where he's in a hotel and basically watching the last scene of No Way Home on TV and acting like it's a news program. It's like they didn't even film an extra frame with any other actor but Tom Hardy and maybe whoever it is who came out with his swim shorts solo. I did not need to see that pelvic area. Why was he going all Jeepers Creepers and licking the television? That was really strange. It's like Jeepers Creepers 2 where the guy's licking the windows of the bus. Venom's up there licking the television. What in a hotel I'd like to add to, which is uber gross. Well, I think my bigger problem with it is, is like, yeah, as much as if you would ask me three, four years ago before these Venom movies, like, would I like to see Venom in a Spider-Man movie? The answer would be, yeah, of course. But now that we have these two Venom movies where they're trying to walk this line of having Venom without Spider-Man and we're kind of making Venom this anti-hero, now we're supposed to want this venom to hate spider-man it just it doesn't make sense like it just does not make sense for venom to be a villain to spider-man especially after the movie we just watched you say would i want venom in a spider-man movie my answer was strongly yes until we saw spider-man 3 by sam raimi and then my answer was strongly no but not that venom (laughs) (laughs) but it's just so weird to me that they said Venom doing a data download to Eddie and yet Venom says I didn't do this multiverse jump that happened during the data download and yet Venom finds Peter Parker tasty. I'm not quite sure what this is telling me. Are you excited by Venom joining the MCU? Does it change your opinion? You said you didn't really like the first movie and barely like the second. Does it help that they're MCU now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, (laughs) the thing that really stuck out to me watching this movie, the first thing you see on screen was in association with Marvel. And it's like, I'm associated with Marvel. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) We gently whispered towards Marvel for a minute. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it almost feels a little too much mixing. Like this Venom universe does not feel of the MCU. 
as much as Spider-Man doesn't feel much of the MCU, but they were able to kind of bridge that a little bit. I think this might be a bridge too far to make it all feel cohesive. Yeah, in the end, I liked it well enough. I wish they hadn't killed Carnage at the end. It was kind of a letdown for that character. Not that I want a trilogy of him. I just feel like he didn't get to do enough in this movie. His ending was very PG-13 in a move that should have been rated R. But, yeah, it was pretty good. Or a guilty pleasure, I suppose it might be classified. But that is the end of this episode. Thank you very much for joining us. We will be back in a couple weeks with far more recent news as we talk about Hasbro's new reveals, including the Mojo box set, the Morph animated figure, and so much more. We hope you'll join us back here in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. You can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for collectibles, and read articles on Marvel movies, comics, and collecting. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at MarveliciousToys.com. We want your feedback. You can email us at show at MarveliciousToys.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Find all those links at our website. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at nowplayingpodcast.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Video editing by Andrew. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Jeff and Curtis. A Now